0: Welcome to Energy Stew. This is Peter Roth, your host. And I'd like to ask you, when was your last NDE? <laughs> you know what I mean, near-death experience. Oh, recently, you say? <laughs> well, maybe you haven't had any. And maybe that's fine, too, because <laughs> they're dangerous. <laughs> so we have to be careful about these near-death experiences. and. Uh, learn more about them too. So maybe we can learn um, mostly about them from other people. <laughs> and to do that, uh, we have a wonderful guest for the show who's written a, a wonderful book called God Took My Clothes. We're gonna find out what that means. And um, he's, he's interviewed many hundreds, mm-hmm. many hundreds of people uh, who have had NDEs. And and so he's extremely knowledgeable about them, and uh, it's so exciting to talk with David such. David, welcome.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Peter. I appreciate you inviting me to be on the show.
0: Well, I love what you do, and I know you love it too. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> because it's an exploration of life beyond life. Mm. And so many of us are living in you know fifth dimensional awareness, or five, I mean five the five senses of awareness. And and we have very little to reflect on outside of that. Um, actually we, we live much more multidimensionally than any of us realize, or maybe some of us realize it, but our minds normally feel like we're just in this mental. World, and yet we we do operate on higher levels, and including the dream state, which is quite fascinating. But Dave, I'm so happy to talk with you because uh, I love all that you've discovered, and have so much to say about. it.
1: Oh yes, it's uh, it's life changing. You know, I was kind of uh, laughing inside when you said it's dangerous because. When I started studying near-death experiences, it changed everything about me. It changed the way I view nature, the way I interact at work with my family, with my friends. It even changed the way I view politics. It changed every aspect of my life. And it it kind of turns you upside down, but it's generally for the better. And it made a lot of positive changes in my life. Um, and I I don't think I would have the joy I have today had it not been for all the wonderful people who shared their near death experience testimonies with me. And even those who just study near death experiences, you know, people who are watching a video like this and want to learn more about them, they actually go through many of the same changes that these people who have near death experiences go through. They become uh, more loving, altruistic people, more focused on meaningful relationships. service to humanity and that kind of thing so it's a wonderful thing to learn about
0: and i think that when people come back from the other side they're coming back with truths that need to be told and many of them are telling them and then people like you and me when we listen to that we go yes that's true that's so that's why i need to change my life because that's really a truth that i hadn't realized before
1: oh yes and at least for the near-death experiences, the big truth that I got from all of that is real simple. It's a real simple message. It's all about love. You know, on the other side of the veil, they don't care about things like career, accomplishments, goals, you know, money, religion, sexuality. None of those things are important. All they care about is, did you love yourself? Did you love your fellow man? Did you love nature? You know, they want us in all circumstances, especially those those times when we're in a tough circumstance or dealing with somebody that's being difficult. To be purposefully loving, kind, and compassionate to those people, there's nothing more meaningful to those on the other side of the veil. The whole earthly experience we have here is all about love. And we learn about love by kind of going back and forth between fear and love. It's this uh, duality and it kind of strengthens our love connection. So that's what we're doing here on earth. It's a big school and we're supposed to have fun learning and we're supposed to make connections with other people. And it's an opportunity really, because you learn very fast down here and you mature and develop faster than you can on the other side of the veil.
0: Well, people from the other side or have been to the other side and back, they can talk about love in ways that we can't because the experience of love on the other side is so much more powerful. And, and then they come back here and it's like, it it feels like it's weak. And, and so we're supposed to make the most of it. And we, and the idea is to make, you know, to uh, advance it as much as possible. But um, the, If Once we understand the potential of love, there's more to strive for.
1: Oh, yes. And that is the main thing people talk about. And, you know, when you interview these people who have been to heaven and have stood in the presence of the light, you know, they don't have to be told it's God. I mean, it's like the universe shouts out the name. Um, They describe what they felt as love but the word "love" is completely inadequate to describe what they felt.
0: Right.
1: It's completely ineffable. they They have a real difficulty. They say you you can't understand it till you've experienced it. you know? So they try, but it doesn't really describe it. One man said, "Imagine the hundred happiest moments of your life. Put them all into one moment. You don't come close to what it feels like to be there." Another guy said, Imagine the strongest love you've ever felt in your life and multiply it by about 500 or a thousand. And that's about what it feels like. And another man said, you know, if you were here on earth and you had a genie, you know, a magic lamp with a genie and you had unlimited wishes, you know, not, not just three unlimited for your whole life, you wouldn't be nearly as happy as you are in heaven. Even a mother with a newborn child, when she's given the, option to return to earth. She says, "Oh no, I'm not going back there. My child will be fine. Somebody'll take care of him." So Oh my god. Love gosh. <laughs> is quite amazing and quite strong. And when these people come back, they are often infused with this love. Uh, Gordon Allen, I think he said, "I came back and my heart was on fire with love." And it's with me today. And they're transformed. It transforms their lives and it it changes their focus. And often they'll have a career change. One man who was a policeman said, you know, I I don't want to carry a gun and intimidate people anymore and became a high school teacher. Another man who was involved in organized crime, when he came back from his near-death experience, he said, well, I'm going to be a counselor for children and and adolescents who are getting into trouble. And and Gordon Allen, who was a billionaire, gave up all his ties to the financial industry to become a, a certified marriage and family counselor. And so it, it transforms people's lives. And often, for instance, if a person is in a relationship, the relationship won't survive because they come back a completely different person. And uh, sometimes if the, the spouse is focused on very materialistic pursuits or, or very worldly pursuits, they, they don't uh, survive. The marriage doesn't survive. If the marriage does survive, it continues in a completely different way. So yeah, it transforms lives. It's a beautiful experience. Nobody who sees the other side of the veil comes back unchanged. (laughs) They're all changed forever. And they say things like, that's the moment, you know, when I stood in that light or when I was in heaven, that's the moment my life changed. That's the moment I knew it was all going to be different. And they come back and they're, they're less fearful. They tend to uh, take more risks. They focus on, you know, helping people, helping others, uh, being kind, loving, forgiving, you know, all the good things that many of the major religions in the world teach you know brotherly love uh, charity for the impoverished and that kind of thing so it's a transformative experience i'm quite envious of those who have had near-death experiences having studied them and never had one myself
0: and for me i I, i'm pretty sure i had one when i was an infant and don't remember it because i know that many infants that have had it and it's been researched when they're adults or all through the rest of their lives are different and they do live for that richness that you're talking about. And, and it's interesting because I've, I've really been a champion all my life of, and willing to stick my neck out in so many ways that other people wouldn't do it because for some reason, I, I know that life here, you know, you're either doing it the right way or you might as well not be here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, earth is a, it's a tough school. You know, one of the common questions people ask on the other side of the veil when they're there, you know, there's no time there. So you can be dead 30 seconds a minute and have an experience that feels like a lifetime over there. And one of the common questions is, are we alone in the universe? And the answer is always the same. No, the universe is full of life and there are other dimensions containing other universes that are also full of life. And in this galaxy, Earth, there are many civilized worlds in this galaxy, but Earth is the most difficult place to have a life. So if you're here, pat yourself on the back. You're like the daredevil soul. You're like taking on the granddaddy challenge of all incarnations. It's like the Mount Everest of incarnations. It's a tough place, but boy, do we learn a lot. You know, I have come here. Yes. I mean, I have times, for instance, when uh, I like to sit in my my lazy boy chair and and watch a movie and I don't want to be relaxing all the time. Sometimes I like to go out and have an adventure or do some exercise. And if I want to exercise, I'm going to suffer. And if I want to have adventure, you know, doing a long hike or or climbing a mountain or doing something like that, there's there's suffering involved. There's physical exertion and there's times when we want to rest and relax and be home and that's heaven and there's times when we're far away from home having an adventure and we can run into some tough situations and that's earth so you know if you're having a hard time down here that's that's pretty normal you know just take a breath and relax you took on the biggest challenge you could take on not only is earth the most difficult planet to incarnate in this galaxy, it's one of the most difficult in the entire universe. So I think that's saying something. I, if I you're here, that. Yeah. yeah, you're an advanced soul. If you're here, you've had a lot of experience.
0: But there's a richness here to life, and love gets expanded through the struggle. When you know, when we are in struggle together, it enhances our love for each other.
1: Oh yes, you know, talk to somebody who who went through a war. And they were with a partner, you know, with a buddy that they they are connected for life, you know, or um, there was this show called I Shouldn't Be Alive. And it's about people who get themselves in trouble. You know, they're out hiking and they get lost or, you know, they're out in the ocean and and their ship sinks or something. And these stories, these people are in horrible physical condition when they're rescued. Some of them have broken bones and lacerations and concussions and they're suffering horribly physically they haven't eaten some of them for three four days or and they're you know they haven't had water or whatever they're in terrible physical condition and when the rescuers come it's very interesting to hear what they say they kind of all say the same thing now they're still in the horrible physical condition they they don't have any water any food their injuries haven't been attended to they just see the rescuers and they say it was the happiest moment of my life joy beyond words
0: Mm, yes when you experience
1: the opposite and you go back, boy, it strengthens it. And we're strengthening love by experiencing fear
0: here. I think we come here for the density of this planet and the struggle and suffering that every soul has to go through in one way or another. Some people have, have it easier, a lot easier than others. And some people have it terrible. And yet we come here because in through it all, we're striving For better, we're striving, and for better, I mean striving for light. We're seeking light, and so this is what lights our souls. We come here to advance our souls through the adversity, and we grow from that. So that's part of the reason why coming to Earth is so it's so brave, but for a good reason.
1: Yes, yes, and you know, for those who are suffering, people. Some people say that you know suffering is. It, you know, we came here to suffer. Well, no, we didn't come here to suffer. But suffering is part of the experience. So if you talk to all the people in history who have climbed Mount Everest and you ask them, what was the reason you decided to climb Mount Everest? The principal reason. None of them are going to say, "I well, I did it because I wanted to suffer. <laughs> now, if you ask all of them, did you know you were going to suffer and be cold and be tired before you do? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I knew. So yeah, we knew we were going to suffer before we came here. And uh, they want us to get through suffering with sort of an honorable dignity and and sort of uh, humility, right. and that's that's a challenge. That's a tough one for me. You know, I've dealt with physical pain, and you know I've been a, feel sorry for myself. Woes me, but to, I know it's all for a better purpose and for a, a higher purpose.
0: Right, and that's the point. It's, there's there's a purpose in the suffering, and that drives us forward.
1: Yeah. And I've been told by those on the other side of the veil that at the times when we're suffering the most is when we're growing the most. Yes. So it's like if I want to go from where I am right now to a mile from here on foot, well, I can do it a couple of ways. I can take a leisurely walk and take about 25 minutes and it'll be nice and pleasant, but it's going to take me, you know, 25 minutes or I can run there in 10 minutes, but it's not going to be pleasant. I'm going to (laughs) suffer. So same thing.
0: Right. And so uh that's part of being human. And and what's great talking with you is to understand beyond what what's beyond this this third-dimensional experience here and why we're here and, and what it's good for and and it drives us forward. I mean you're you're being able to speak to hundreds and hundreds of people who have had these know near-death experiences which are otherworldly and so many of them have unique experiences because it's not boring on the other (laughs) side it's very special for each person in its own way
1: yes yes very very special and uh you know for those of you who are having difficult time down here um and wondering what's the point of it all? What's the point of this suffering? It's kind of like, you know, imagine if you were a a child and your parents owned a five-star restaurant and people came from all over the world to eat the food there. It was considered one of the best restaurants in the world, but you've eaten every meal of your life there. And so to you, it's just food, doesn't taste any different to you, right? Well, how do you experience what these people who come to eat at this restaurant experience? No, eat lousy food for a year. <laughs> you know? yeah, right. That's kind of what we're doing here in a way. We're experiencing the opposite of what we want to experience what we want. Now, you may be wondering, you know, well, why can't I remember heaven? Well, amnesia is part of the experience. You've got to have amnesia because you have to be afraid. If you had 100% recollection of heaven, you wouldn't be in the fear love duality. You'd just be in the love duality. So we have amnesia. So We've all been to heaven. We've all had many lifetimes. You know, if you're sitting here watching this now, you've been tall and short and good looking and homely and rich and poor and gay and straight. And you've been killed and killed others and you've given birth and and you've gone through all sorts of different experiences, but you've forgotten what heaven's like. So I thought, Peter, if it's OK. I'd like to give just a brief description of what what home is like. Please. those those of us who don't remember so i'm just going to talk about the first level of heaven there's not really levels of heaven any more than there's levels of love but it's the one i hear most about it's kind of laid out most like earth and the higher levels are more mysterious and yeah i hear it's of landing
0: platform
1: yeah it's kind of landing platform so there's there's houses and cathedrals and roads and buildings and trees and rivers and mountains Uh, But everything's really beautiful. One guy said he was brought to one of heaven's gardens. And I said, uh, you know, it was a beautiful park. What, like Yosemite? And for those of you who don't know, Yosemite National Park is uh, one of the world's most beautiful parks. People come from all over the world to see it. And he went, maybe 100 times more beautiful than Yosemite. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's no blind spots. So we have vision that ends right about here on the other side of the veil you can see all around you 360 degrees hearing is not really used for communication there's a mind to mind communication it's very fast and efficient right and it's impossible to have a misunderstanding hearing in heaven is more to hear the music and don piper uh 90 minutes in heaven is his book he gives a very good description of the music in heaven and i put that quote from his book in my book uh so if you if you get either one of those you can you can read a good description about the music of heaven
0: so yeah but on the other side you know because here there let's say you know there are thousands of languages and so how do you interpret that on the other side and from what you said what i how i understand it it's telepathic but it's it's in code it's in meaning that all meaning has code
1: and yeah it's, it's in meaning it's just in thought patterns so People actually don't really have names over there because it's just like this person. They don't need a name. When you say a name, you know, I, I say the name Peter. I, I hear the word and then I associate it with, oh, this man here that I'm talking to that I know. Well, up there, it's just this man here that I'm talking to. <laughs> I mean, it's, you don't have a right, name. But you know the it's, meaning of who I Yes. Yes. So uh, let's see. Colors. Now, people would come back and they would say, well, I saw colors that don't exist here. And I'd say, well, what colors? And they said, well, I can't tell you. (laughs) And uh, so they say, imagine if you only saw in black and white and all of a sudden you saw in in color. Well, take that to the next level, times 10. And I finally found out why. So we have three primary colors here, red, blue, and yellow, or sometimes it's uh, red, blue, and, and green. And a mixture of those three colors. Yeah, green is a mixture. Yeah. It makes up all the colors of the rainbow. If you look on an old TV with a magnifying glass, you can actually see the little red, blue, and green dots, and they make up all the colors, right? So there's three primary colors. In heaven, there are over 80, eight zero primary colors. So you you get there, and it's a buffet for the senses. Wow. Now, the feeling is just amazing. People report a feeling of love that I talked about, a feeling of peace a feeling of protection, knowing that, you know, nothing can ever happen to me. You know, this being of light is going to protect me forever. A feeling of connectedness that we're all one, that we're more one than separate. There's a feeling of purposefulness that whatever happens has a purpose, you know, there's a purpose to everything that happened to us in our earthly lives. Uh, There are no coincidences. That's something a lot of people say. And so it's a wonderful place to be, but you know, when you're in a, in a perfect place, in perfect conditions, you don't grow and learn as fast. It's harder to grow and learn, hence the reason we have uh, physical incarnations.
0: And we come, Yeah, why we come back is yeah. to grow more through the struggle. But apparently, Earth is going to move beyond such density and polarity. Yes. And, and we won't have this place to come to for such pain.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've heard about that. So what's happening on Earth right now and I need to give a little disclaimer here. Uh, Peter, I know that you get some good information from the universe, so maybe you can chime in after I give my little spiel about this. But we're going through a transformation. It's a, it's a time of great change. So just like a cancer research lab, you only need one big cancer research lab on earth because when they discover a cure for a certain kind of cancer, they share that with everybody and everybody benefits. So it's the same with our galaxy. There's only one free will planet in our galaxy where they're going through this love and fear and where things are really messed up and chaotic and and miserable, which, which is Earth. And everybody else in the galaxy learns from what we're doing. Now, when you sink into fear and sink into darkness, when you spring out of that, it's it's like pulling down on the bowstring. The further you pull down on that bowstring, you know, the further the arrow goes up. It's or like rocking a car out of the mud, you know, you let it rock back. The further back you let it rock, the more you can push it forward. So we're dipping in the fear and then springing back out into love, springing back out into the light. No planet in the history of this galaxy has ever sunk so far into darkness and not destroyed themselves. We were on track to destroy ourselves. Nostradamus, Revelation, Mother Shipton, these were all accurate prophecies of the potential, but free will, we can change and do things different. And thanks to a lot of help from above, we're gonna become an ascended planet. And within about a, roughly 150 years, it's gonna be a very different place. Uh, the first thing that's gonna happen is peace on earth. And that's just gonna be the first step. Once we stop fighting each other and we start cooperating, things are really gonna get moving. I mean, imagine a planet. And, and when you survey the world today and look at the chaos and the strife and the misery, and the horrible things that human beings do to each other. It's hard to believe, but the world is coming where corporations will compete based on integrity, not advertising lies like today to get you to consume more. Look how good we treat our employees. Look how good we are to our customers, especially the ones that have a problem with our product or service. Look how much we care for the environment. People will demand that. Government, there will be integrity in government. Instead of this winner-take-all you know, left versus right, and there's a fight, and then one person gets in power, and well, we're doing it my way now. No, the best politician will be the one who makes compromises, the one who tries to do the best for everyone, the the one who brings the two sides together. He'll never say a negative thing about a, an opponent. He'll rule with love in his heart. Hard to believe, but that's going to be the future politicians.
0: And, and I think we're going to get there sooner than you're saying. I, I really I hope so. I really yes. <laughs> I think it's around the corner. And I'm very optimistic. Of course, a lot has to shift, but the energies will make the shift happen. Uh, you know, we can't do it by preaching all of this to people. It has to be from the inside out.
1: Yes, it's it's the way I've heard it, this, this new world of love. And when we become an ascended planet, uh, then somebody, some other planet will probably seed life on another planet. That becomes your job. Once you mature, you seed life on another planet and they'll become the free will planet. We'll all learn from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this all working itself out. Yeah, it's going to be rough for a while. There's going to be some storms coming. There's going to be some chaos. And it's all part of darkness coming to the surface and being dealt with.
0: Right. and, clean and uh,
1: Yeah. And the way I look at it is you can't calm the storm. Okay but you can calm yourself and the storm will pass. Oh, so right, right. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it.
0: Inside out, right. Yeah. So we're really getting to the end of the show. Uh, it's, it's, it's so much fun to talk with you. It's just incredible But you know, it's just, I'm sure our audience is really appreciating this conversation. And uh, and your name is David. Anush- Such. Such, yeah, S-U-I-C-H and um i used to know a david such <laughs> as U-T-C-H, tch but so i'm glad to know the difference in pronunciation and your book is god took my clothes and it's and it's your website is godtookmyclothes.com
1: yeah so um if you want to get a preview copy of the book the first couple chapters you can go to the web- website godtookmyclothes.com and uh, you can download a PDF of a couple of chapters and see if it's your kind of material. And actually, if it's the books in a separate language, it's considered a separate book. So I haven't published the Spanish version. So that whole whole book is available for download in Spanish. So if you speak Spanish, you can download the book for free. <laughs> okay.
0: so, and
1: then uh, you, there's a link to my spiritual counseling. If you've had a near-death experience or out-of-body experience, and it can be kind of a lot of turmoil when you go through a spiritual awakening i do counseling for that for those who need it you've
0: developed a lot of wisdom from all of this it's it's great
1: (laughs) yeah i'm grateful all the people who shared their testimonies with me you know it's it's been a wonderful ride it really has
0: sure so thank you so much for being that energy stew and i'm i'm sure we'll talk some more because it's so wonderful to talk with you
1: thank you peter i enjoyed being on the show
0: good And this is Peter Roth, your host of Energy Stew at prn.live. I can be reached at peter at heartriver, H-E-A-R-T, river.org. I'd love to hear from you. And thanks so much for listening.